Good morning. It's uh, Tuesday the 24th of October and I'm doing a morning one this week. Um, got a busy week at work and um, just been listening to lots of really loud music. Um, I've had a bit of a, a rediscovery of the Pixies album Trompe Le Monde. It's such a good album and it's really sort of putting me back in that you know, I don't know, but when, when I was like in year 10, 11, 12, like, because I think the, the kids at this school where I work, because they're about to graduate, you know, they're doing their exams, they're really stressed and sort of really, it's, it's quite easy to put yourself back in that place and revisit it. Whereas at the time it's so overwhelming, you know, I mean, you throw puberty into the mix with all of that expectation and, you know, it's a real coming-of-age ritual. It's a Bildung's Roman, and you get to watch it happening. And um, it's a lot. It's like a really good season of so you think you can dance. You know, the people who who really, really develop under care and you know with with guidance. And I think that's one of the best things that teachers and any any staff really who are around at the at the schools can can give to students. It doesn't have to be a teacher. Like you can. You know, encourage people if you see something in them. It's, it's nice, actually. I like it. Um, but uh, this morning I got up and put. Uh, I, I tried. I um, checked in with the Guardian and uh, watched a bit of the interview with um, the the U.S. soldier's widow. Um, so the soldier's name was La David. It's one of those sort of great African American names. Reminds. I, I, I'm sorry, but it does remind me of um, Bring It On, La, La Fonda and, you know, La Fred. So I don't know how they end up with La David. Like, where does that come from? The etymology of those names would be really interesting to look into. Um, so anyway, he's this beautiful young um, African-American um, soldier. And he, his wife talking about him sort of saying you know he had real aspirations he he got to be at e5 i don't know what that means but he got to be an e5 in three years it normally takes somebody five and he had aspirations and um there's a there's a lot of furor around um the phone call that she received from president donald trump which still seems like a joke saying all these months later president donald trump um gave gave this young lady a, a call and he managed to say to her he knew what he was signing up for, which basically implies that if you join the army, you're, you're really accepting that you might die. And yeah, you, I mean, you could argue that. It's, it's not a completely unreasonable perspective, but I think from a president at that moment, it's really not what you want to hear and um, really not what you should be thinking of saying. And it kind of shows that Donald Trump, even in moments where he should have like respect and gravitas he can't help but kind of um just tell people oh I'll just suck it up you know I, I guess you're just not as clever as me like because he got out of being drafted and I think that um that kind of the, the hypocrisy it, it's insulting and to insult someone at their point of grief is probably the most offensive thing you could do but I, I recommend watching the interview with this young lady. But what, the most disturbing aspect of it wasn't the phone call from President Trump. It's, the, it's, it's what she said about how little she knew about her husband's passing. She didn't know. Um, it took them 48 hours to find his body. 
um, when he was returned to the States, she wasn't allowed to see him. And she made this, this heartbreaking comment. She said, I know my husband's body from head to toe. They wouldn't show me a hand, a finger. Like, she just wants to know. She says, I don't know what's in that box. And, you know, you can't help but um, think of that moment in Stranger Things. You know, Will Byers, it's not his body. You know, she refused to believe it. And I'm, I'm going to skip off politics, actually, just quickly, because the second season of Stranger Things is about to start. And I'm so excited because, I mean, Stranger Things was one of the great TV moments of the, of the last, you know, year. And um, a second season's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to see the, the character development. I might actually go back and, and watch it all again um, before starting on the second season. Maybe just the last couple of episodes, watch them again. Because I just, I love Millie Bobby Brown so much. I think she is a gift to the creative community. Um, and um, I really, really am so interested in what she does next and how she copes with the, you know, the options that are available to her I suppose put it that way um because you know she's she's as she was saying in this like I watched this Maisie Williams converse promo show thing which is kind of good um I mean it's not directed at me obviously maybe the young the young people really love it I know Maisie Williams is quite popular on Vine um I remember her doing a Vine after the Red Wedding like what the hell <laughs> like so she's a famous young person and it makes me feel a bit old but it's also like it makes me feel kind of protective of her because she's a, a, a young cool girl who just wants to be herself and she's trying to and like I like I tried to do and I don't say I got very far with it but um, I did I was myself at that age and I suppose thinking about the valedictory and going back to my year of 10 11 12 you know like 16 17 18 those ages that you that you are in those years um, and that's when I first got into radio that's when I met the Beastie Boys it's when a whole bunch of stuff happened to me and around me that was you know kind of I mean I look back on it now and, and a lot of that stuff is what people would refer to as kind of defining moments of this, the Nirvana tour um, the Nevermind tour um, uh, the Pixies broke up uh, you know like all sorts of stuff I, I think that you know you would have to say was fairly important in the in the you know cultural heritage of that era but the other thing for me is, is how important the local culture was to me. And I've been listening a lot to um, the solo releases of a, um, a musician called Kirsty Seguazi. And for me, Kirsty Seguazi is a given. Like, yes, Kirsty Seguazi is awesome. She was in The Bedridden. Um, she was, I think, the only girl. Was there another girl in The Bedridden? Anyway, Kirsty Seguazi was someone who was putting out solo EPs locally when I was you know 16 17 and um, and very impressionable and the fact that that she was there doing that stuff um, it had a huge impact on I suppose what I thought was possible what I thought was cool like for me the girls in the music scene women in the music scene were participants and again listening to the pixies you know listening to trump lamond and then thinking it was around about that time that the safari ep came out and we were all like so excited about that because it was kim deal from the pixies and kim deal was awesome and it, there was just no doubt about that um i suppose a lot of people might have similar feelings about um uh, sonic youth I, I wasn't such a huge sonic youth fan musically um i, I was a pixies girl but um i you know l7 magic dirt there's 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 lots of really awesome women in that era and um 
I joined uh, Discogs, which is the CD um, and record buying and selling site, and uh, I was able to track down a copy of The Plums or of Wah Sex Kitten, um, an EP which I have wanted for a very long time. And uh, uh, but I I put it I put in an order, and then um, I my son got sick, and I wasn't at I wasn't at work. I wasn't checking my emails and. And I came back a, like a week later, which I know is is unacceptable. It, it's not. Um, it's not. I just didn't. I didn't think that someone on Discogs wouldn't cut me a bit of slack. And anyway, this this person who was the seller um, basically sort of threw me in the too hard basket and said, "Nah, stuff you you can't buy it now," and gave me bad feedback. And I was like, oh, I was so pissed. I actually complained to Discogs. I got the feedback removed. Yes. So suck that. But anyway, you know, what a douchebag. Anyway, uh, so I am going to get a copy of that EP because another friend of mine who is on Discogs um, bought it for me with his good, her, sorry, her good feedback rating and everything. Uh, It's morning, clearly, and I've had a coffee, so I'm a bit peppy. Um... Oh, yes, okay. All right, I have a confession. Um, my, uh, every now and then I do get completely hooked on some show that is sort of culturally inexcusable in some ways, but I like to look more closely at what's actually happening, happening in the show. And what I am referring to is The Bachelorette with Sophie Monk and The Bachelorette with Sophie Monk. I think that's a very important, um, uh, you know, what's the word like mitigating factor it's Sophie Monk now I, I, I remember Bardo um, I just thought that Sophie Monk was kind of cool looking like she looks like an alien she's got that kind of otherworldly it is beauty but it's also freakishness like it's her eyes are really wide set her lips are very big she's like if you like people with little faces you know like Emma Thompson who's got you know little face all her features are quite close together Sophie Monk's kind of manga look wouldn't appeal to you. I've heard people say they don't like the look of Angelina Jolie, and I go, oh, yeah, she's one of those. She looks like that. She's, like, crazy. She's an extreme expression of that particular type of beauty. So, anyway, Sophie Monk, being incredibly, like, sort of otherworldly and beautiful, is also really cool. I always liked her. Like... But I just got a good feeling off her, and it just. But I didn't know what she sounded like when she's talking, and she's hilarious. She's a real Australian girl, and she's really um, like you can imagine having a, a, a real laugh with her and swearing and drinking wine. A lot of the wine references are a bit worrying, though. I think you know, like it's possible that maybe Sophie does drink a bit too much. Is that really? Is that a terrible thing to say? Like I do kind of think, you know. You do have to watch your wine intake when you're um, planning on becoming a parent, and you know that that idea that really what Sophie's into it. She wants to start a family, and I, I really hope that um, her interest in wine doesn't make that difficult for her. Because it sucks being a woman in so many ways. Like your body is so much more susceptible to um, toxins, and you know the stakes are so much higher for female bodies. I remember seeing this um, chart with you know, bad for men, worse for women, and it was all of these different things, caffeine, um, prescription drugs, alcohol, it was like, yep, 
well and it sort of all feeds into my theory that the the, the female body the human female body is actually the full expression of humanity and and men are slightly simpler versions of well they're half a chromosome simpler aren't they and there's nothing wrong with that like because of that simplicity they're able to be very focused very strong you know like but to me there's nothing more interesting in the world than what what you get when you look at it from a woman's perspective and um the uh, the female perspective seems to be gathering um boldness in our uh, media world which is really uh, awesome like I mean I've been following things like Gamergate and um, uh, you know the Cosby case and um, you know, going right back and I think a lot of it is just about the exploitation of power you know the that sort of abuse of power and um, how it impacts on people who are lower down on the power hierarchy whether they be you know children marginalized people you know it's like if you're not a jock if you're not a buff jock heterosexual let's not forget that bit um then you are sort of lower down in the pecking order and you can be abused but you can also be very subversive you can fight back you can um you can get revenge <laughs> like your options are you know i wouldn't i, I wouldn't discount your ability to make your presence felt in the world just because you're not a heterosexual muscly man you know it's really funny because I, I don't think that those that particular stereotype is the supreme expression of humanity like a lot of them do like they really would probably sign up and say yeah to be a man and um, to be straight is the fullest expression of humanity and I go you're, you're half a chromosome short in that argument sorry but you are I don't know the more I think about it the more I kind of want to express this because it's a very solid argument and it's not my fault that I can see it you know it's not it's not anybody's fault you know now we know we know about genes and we know about brains and we can look at every single part of the human body through various machines um you know I just don't think the argument that women are superior to men has ever stacked up. So, yeah, not quite sure where that puts me on the political spectrum. And it seems like a lot of the things that are coming out, like there was this guy on the radio yesterday and he was talking with Amanda Vanstone and I don't love her radio show because um, she's not a very endearing person, but I do appreciate that it's important to hear her perspective. And I, I, you know, I get that it's called Counterpoint and we've got this right-wing person who is conservative. Um, voicing their opinion it's important because you've got a lot of you know left-wing intellectuals who have found their home on the abc because there aren't any other major left-wing media outlets in radio like do we need to say that do we know that like every time they accuse the abc of lefty bias i think where else do you would be aside from community radio it's like the spectrum goes from community abc over to commercial and like and it just follows the left left middle middle right 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 you know i'm not imagining that am I I mean we do I suppose we do get popular left-wing things do we I don't know anyway um what was I going with that something about Amanda Vanstone oh yeah that's right so that we had this guy on the radio yesterday and he was talking about space junk and I've been worried about space junk for a very long time the idea that we are filling the 
the sky with garbage is alarming to me. It's been alarming to me ever since I watched these shuttle launches and you see them just, you know, oh, they just let that bit go. It just, it just falls off. That's massive. Where does it go? Like, what's happening to it? And in gravity in that movie, all the space debris, that really, that, that kind of reminded me of that concern that I had had when I was younger. And, and this guy's on the radio saying, oh, yeah, we never thought about it. We never thought about it. I'm like, maybe you never thought about it. I thought about it. I've been worried about it for a long time. But I suppose this is what Jung was saying about the collective, the collective. And, and also it's what Rose McGowan was saying about Harvey Weinstein, the world isn't ready. Like you need, there needs to be a critical mass of momentum, but it doesn't make the truths that are coming out any less true than they were before the momentum was reached. And it sort of, it does kind of give you a bit of mapping of how a progressive idea might move forward you're not going to have the weight to, to really make the change, but you can still be the sharp end of the wedge, you know, the thin end of the wedge. You can be the point at which people go, oh, okay, you can, you can. and metaphorically, you can be the, the sperm that breaks the egg because there's got to be one. Like, yes, there's billions of them, but in the end, there is only one. Highlander, there can be only one. Um, except in twins and obviously that metaphor falls down a little bit if you get two sperm in the egg but I suppose maybe that's that's the challenge is to be strong to be determined to get your idea all the way through to the end and to accept maybe that the bit that you start might not be the bit that you get to finish and that it's important to voice your your opinion about lots of different things that are going on because you might be the the energy that that tips it into critical mass. It may be your vote, it may be your voice, it may be your dollar that makes the final difference that actually causes change. And, you know, that that's awesome. So on that thought, I am gonna say goodbye because I get the feeling this has been a very long cheesecast. And um, uh, I will speak to you next Tuesday. So um, take care of yourself and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.